What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Side Stage. Um, so I'm changing up the format of the podcast a little bit. I'm going to do a, a nice introduction uh, at first here. But uh, today's guest is uh, one of my best friends uh, in the whole world. He is um, one of my buddies I met in the Navy. Uh, he's originally from Georgia, but he's uh, here all the way from uh, San Diego, California. Uh, had um, an interesting trip on the way up to here, but... Um, Today we uh, had a really good conversation about um, country music and uh, why we love country music and and also what we don't like about country music. It's an episode I've been wanting to do for a long time because nobody else I know really, really likes country music the way he does. Um, but uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode. Uh, give it up for one of my best friends in the entire world, Mark Ray. What is up, man? How's it going? Dude, it's great to be here, man. It's good to have you. Took you a long, long trip to get up here, didn't it? You're telling me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Five hours turned into like eight. Turned into more than that, dude. Yeah. What time did you leave? I probably left around 10 o'clock. Expect to be here at four. You can get here till like eight. Eight thirty. Eight thirty, actually. So like 10 hours? Yeah. That wouldn't even have my fault. That was the damn uh, uh, tow truck that took my longest part. So, if anybody doesn't know, Mark lives in California and uh, flew home to his home in Georgia and uh, was driving up here and his um, clapped out F-150 broke down (laughs) halfway up here and he had to uh, swindle somebody for a loaner car at the dealership, so... We'll see if he's going to get to a drive home tomorrow or not. Swindle, man. <laughs> two, two grand's not a swindle. <laughs> well, eh, that's right. But, um, so I wanted Ben on to have Mark on here for a long time. One, because he's one of my best friends. Um, and I like hanging out with my friends. But, uh, none of my other friends really like country music. And, uh, I love country music. And he loves country music. But he also doesn't really like the other music that I listen to. Kinda. That's not true. Like some of the stuff, like we collaborate back and forth on music and I won't say everything you've ever sent me, but probably sixty to seventy percent of what you actually send me I do like. Of what I send you. I send you a lot of pop punk, like story so far, knuckle puck, mm-hmm. capstan movements, stuff like that. Yeah. I got a whole other catalog of music I've I've not introduced you to yet. I'm I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I like <clears throat> all music, but of course, I think we we discussed before. Like my number one, number two, is probably uh, is country for one because that's what I grew up on, and then number two, which I still don't know as much as I'd like to, uh, just because I haven't dived into it. But I just enjoy the sound. Is um, you know, pop punk. You know, like that California rock scene. And living in California, I've like discovered a much wider variety of that as well. But there's a, especially in San Diego, when I've talked about my buddy Bo on here, and I'm sure I've told you about him before. But he, um, when we were in San Diego, we lived at the music venue called Salma. It's off Sports Arena Boulevard over there, and that was where we 
we were there every weekend watching music. The music scene in San Diego is ridiculous. On Sports Arena Boulevard, you mean like that big casino area? Or no, it wasn't, some... wasn't Sports Arena. It was the it was on Midway. Not Midway. It was on the one beside Sports Arena. Because um, oh. I used to live there. Because the Chick-fil-A is on Sports Arena, right? Right. It's the, the one before it, before. where um, In-N-Out is, that road. Oh, I don't know that road. So I lived on Midway. And then it like both those roads kind of like almost merged together. Yeah. And then like you had like West Point Loma. Yeah, 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 exactly where the sub base and stuff is. Over, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, where In and Out is, mm-hmm. right down that road on your right. There's a right. gym and a parking deck, and there's a music venue right there, and it's it's legendary. Um, but it, the music scene there is so good, man. Uh, he's gonna listen to this, and I'm probably gonna get a text message saying like, "Dude, our song is the best," because it it really was the cool. They have two two music, I guess, kind of two venues in one. They got a a big room for mm-hmm. really big acts. And they right. got a smaller room if they don't feel those acts can feel the big room. Okay. It's cool, man. I, I would love to go back there and go to a show. Yeah, the uh, the only two music venue, venues I've like seen or I've heard about, I, I can't believe I've not been to a single concert in San Diego. It's very disappointing. I'm hopefully going to change that this year as soon as the COVID thing just blows over. But House of Blues... I heard about that because Cody Johnson played there. I saw Mayday Parade there. I don't know who that is. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's another pop punk band you'd really like. I'll send send you some stuff. But yeah, I heard about uh, Kojo playing at House of Blues, and this was like right before he got big. And like right after that, I found out he got too big to be playing at House of Blues, so I couldn't even, you know, go see him cheap. And then there's like a uh, amphitheater down in Chula Vista. Yeah. The, and apparently it's like huge for like... I saw Jason Aldean there. Jason Aldean, Thomas Rhett, and uh, this is before Thomas Rhett. He had like one single out. It was Jason Aldean, um, oh, Jake Owen, and uh, what's his name? Thomas mm-hmm. Rhett. It was really good. Good con- I didn't really know con- Thomas Rhett was, but I like. he put on a good show. He was the opener. I like and dislike Thomas. Well, this is when he first came out, when he was actually putting on really good stuff. Now his stuff's a little, a lot poppier than yeah, it used to be. There's actually a, so, I told you how I find a lot of the people I send you. I watch a YouTube channel. It's a, I forget his actual name. Uh, it's like Grady Smith, I think, and he actually, I don't know if he coined it, but he like actually figured out what that genre is now. It's kind of like the, it's like Thomas Rhett, Dan and Shay, and then like a couple other guys. They call it boyfriend country. Where it's like, well, it makes sense. It's like it's real sappy, it's real lovey. Um, you know, it's that kind of sound. You know what I'm talking about? And it definitely has a lot more pop elements than the other styles of country. And it's just meant to. It's it's really played for like teenage girls, is what it is. A lot of it is definitely. But I mean, the country that I really listen to and. I guess the most the most mainstream country singer I listen to is definitely Luke Combs. Yeah, and and Luke Combs is definitely like he is the king of mainstream country. But what he does really well, um, which is what I think, uh, who the old king of country, at least from what I could tell for a long time, was Luke Bryan. Um, and I think a lot of the reason they were so successful is the mainstream they they had a different sound which kind of like progressed country 
but it didn't distort country. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I can see that. It didn't really... Didn't shake anything up or change a lot, but it yeah really put, pushed it, made it to bigger audiences. Yeah. And, and around here, most people around here are Luke Combs fans because he's from... North Carolina. Yeah, I'm from Western North Carolina, so... And he went to App State, which is just up the road. So everybody's like, oh, he's the greatest. But, I mean, he is really good. I've seen him live. He was really good live. Uh, and the dude's got a, an amazing voice. Oh, yeah. Like, I think you and me, like, actually discussed it where you told me that he just doesn't have that as, like, God-given. It was, he trained to be that well. Yeah, like, I thought, at first I was like, dude, he's some college kid at App State. Learned, figured out he could sing, and then mm. the rest of history. No, apparently, when he was younger, he sang to a sold-out crowd at Carnegie Hall. Like he's been a trained singer for years. It's not. At first, I thought it was just like, you know, like I said, just some guy who's mm. like, oh yeah, I can sing <laughs> about <laughs> drinking beer and moonshine <laughs> and get famous. But no, apparently, he's like legitimate. Like the mm. dude is top tier, and you can tell that, especially seeing him live. Oh my goodness, it's a, it's awesome. We're supposed to. He was supposed to put on a concert at App State mm. in May of this year, and then it got canceled, pushed to next year because it's COVID junk. So that's two concerts of mine. That actually, I'd be coming back from Boston right now for a concert. I know there. you've been talking about that for a while. So that was <sighs> supposed to be like some big metal concert too, wasn't it? The metal concert the of the concert. decade, bro. So you come back with two black eyes instead of one. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it makes me sad just thinking about it. But it's rescheduled the next year, same as the Luke Combs when it's rescheduled for next year. So, right. so maybe a question that needs to be asked because the only other person, in my opinion, who I think can match Luke Combs in terms of delivery, musicality, and just songwriting ability is probably Chris Stapleton. So, in my opinion, if you ask me between the two in terms of mainstream, Chris Stapleton is a much... He's better. But the delivery of Luke Combs is what puts him on top. Okay. I agree with what you're saying. But I'm going to word it differently. Luke Combs in his appeal, greater appeal, Mm. is more than Chris Stapleton has. Mm-hmm. He's young, he likes to party, his songs reflect that, and they're party anthems. Songs you could play at any part, any party or any bar, mm. and people are bobbing their heads. Even yeah. his slower songs, people are like, now Chris Stapleton is a better musician, <clears throat> God-tier songwriter. Everyone knows that. Mm. If you don't, you're, you need to. Mm. Better singer, in my opinion. They're both great, but Chris Stapleton's voice is just different. It is, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. it is unlike anything I've ever heard. And so when it comes to country music, Mm. what people think of as country music, Chris Stapleton is the the better act. But Luke Combs has the appeal and has the, he's not, he's, not sexy, but he has the sex appeal of new country. You know what I'm saying? Well, what I think um, 
and I think maybe Nashville is like kind of starting to gear towards, is they know they can't get away with the good look act anymore. Yeah. They can probably still get away with it in terms of, you know, women, because sex sells. Um, but when it comes to the male side of things, they're starting to figure out that... Talent is taking the lead. Talent, yeah, talent yeah. is definitely taking the lead. Um, the, the thing, I just think, but like kind of back to what I was saying is you, I think you are correct because a lot of these newer country singers, they've been signing, are they're ugly, but <laughs> daggum they're good. You know what I mean? Who, who in mainstream? Because I haven't really listened to mainstream. I don't either. Luke Combs in a long time. So uh, like John Party, um, which he's pretty it, ugly too. He's but baby he, face. He's better looking than Luke Combs. Ever all these girls think Morgan Wallen's sexy as all get out. Morgan Wallen is country's post Malone, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> I I can agree with that, I guess. Um But I don't know, man. You know, you and I listen to more of a and I hate using the word underground or outlaw country because when I think of outlaw country, I'm thinking Waylon, Hank, stuff like yeah. that. But in terms of what country music is now versus what the music we listen to, it is outlaw country. You know, these dudes are yeah. looked at differently because they're not singing about their tractor and they're banging their sister or something. You know what I mean? Like, Well, so what I've been looking for in terms of country music, because the biggest problem, and on that same YouTube channel... Uh, what he said was killing country music um, is the fact that instead of like doing drum kits and things like that, they're putting in... They're putting 808s and yeah, stuff like yeah, that in it, yeah. They're doing, you know, snap or snap and clap tracks and things like that. And people are like, that you're it's taking the country. whole element, of, like the whole purpose of country is the fact that it's played with real instruments and it's just supposed to be a real genre. You know, and they and the problem is, is they're trying to compete with pop and they're trying to compete with rap because they've taken over, um, which I don't even understand why you're trying to be like them because those two can merge because their sounds are similar because they use electronics to enhance their sound. Where country could actually just be its own genre because it's completely different it's for a whole different audience. Um, and I think they're just trying to expand their their audience and that's why they put the snap tracks in and it's cheap money it, it's making them a lot of money but it's cheap money yeah um and that's one thing it really throws me off man is like when i hear i mean i don't have to hear a a daggum steel guitar in every yeah. country song but i don't want to hear 808s and and like you said and claps mm -hmm. that's not country music that is, there's a reason when you go into Logic on here and you type in a, it's a hip hop Artist, percussion yeah. set or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me that is, and everyone's, I can't, you can't be afraid to advance and to change. You can't be afraid of change, especially in music because music trends change constantly. But that is not a trend I think that should have ever started in country music. So where, where I think that honestly started was in 2012 when Florida Georgia Line... Um, They're definitely one of the bigger acts that really got that going. But see, here's the thing. I don't hate that they did it. I hate that everyone who followed them did it. Because when they did it, that was an original act. 
That was their thing, and that's what people gravitated to because it was their sound. After that, you started seeing, like, even Dustin Lynch. Dustin Lynch doesn't even sound like he should be doing exactly. that. Exactly. Doesn't sound like, he, yeah, his voice is too twangy. Yeah. To be. Yeah, it, it <laughs> you shouldn't know, even like, be doing that. He yeah. came up with uh, Cowboys and Angels when he first started, and then the last song I heard him sing was uh, Riding Roads. And, like, what's that, that, so what's that small, small Tone USA? Who sings that? Uh, that's Justin Moore. Justin Moore. He's putting tracks out like that now, too, though. Is he? Yeah. I, I heard a song by him on the... Because his voice is unmistakable. Mm. You know what I mean? And he... I heard a song by him. My wife was listening to the radio uh, one day, and it came on, and I was just like, what, what is this? You well, know? Like, I, I listened to his whole last album, and, I mean, it wasn't new or innovative. It was a just... It sounded like a Justin Moore thing, just with maybe different adjectives like to describe the scene like he sung a song about uh and you know being in an airport bar things like that and you know it was definitely sounded like a justin moore-esque album um someone who i think has really fallen prey to this thing is uh it's brantley gilbert yeah you know i i think the biggest culprit of it is sam hunt no, he sounded the exact same ever since he started. Yeah, garbage. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think Sam Hunt is a bad artist because some of his stuff is catchy. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of boycott it just for the fact that they're calling it country when it's not. That's what, no, that, that's my, my issue with mm-hmm. this is what's country now is not, not. country. It's. It's pop with a twang. It's pop with a banjo. Essentially, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it just... That, that is my problem with country music, is, what is what's wrong with country music, and why is it so damn good? Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of a way I look at it, like, I can tell you what's wrong with it, but I can also tell you why, why country music is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see both sides of it, but I'm also biased as in the country music I listen to Tyler Childers he is my favorite country actor right now and I will tell you I will die on this hill Tyler Childers is a better singer songwriter than 95% of artists that have came out in the last 30 years oh no doubt the dude is he's so good and his songs they carry what I think of as country there's soul and there is there's heartache and there is emotion in his songs even his new album that you know he signed to a major labor now his new album is a little more what i would consider real country music not just a dude with a guitar playing Mm. in the hills like almost like his first stuff is more of bluegrass country oh yeah it definitely was and his new album is is more country but the songs still had the same feel they had the Mm. same meaning to him even though he does have a song about jerking off, which is the funniest thing I've ever... It's the most beautiful it's, it's song great. ever. You know what's funny is Sturgill Simpson, who's another amazing musician, his doesn't really play country music anymore, but phenomenal musician. He produced Tyler Childers' new album. And so I just imagine this conversation. He's like, all right, Sturgill, I got, a, I got another song idea. What is it? Hear me out. You know when you're on the road alone and you miss your wife? Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Definitely. The song's about 
her sending you naked pictures and you jerking off to them. What? <laughs> and then he's like, well, he's like, just hear me out. Let me play it for you. And then he plays it and he's like, okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, it's like super subtle. Like, yeah, like <laughs> it is, but the more you listen to it, it's not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's one of those songs you can get away with because it's not so direct. Um, yeah, he's not saying, no, I'm jerking off. It's just like, well, like the kid, like if you're an eight year old kid, you won't understand. Yeah. Maybe if you're 13 at the height of your jack off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd probably get it, but adults would get it because of the metaphors yeah. and everything. But like the song All Yorn is amazing. I mean, I and like the house, the what is this house is burning or, um, I don't know the name of that song. House Fire. House Fire? Yeah. So I like that one. The mu- I like the music video of that one. Because, I mean, you know, I've like learned how to, you know, dance. And even though I'm not, you know, a world-renowned dancer or whatever. Being able to know how to dance and then being able to watch a music video where things like that are happening. And be able to see the chemistry with that along with the lyrics and things like that is really cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, uh, like, but... That's a hill that I'll die on. I will forever be a, a Tyler Childers fan. But then you have other guys, Culture Wall, Cody Jinks. Um, what's that guy you was telling me about last night? Or you was playing in the car yesterday? Oh, Parker McCollum? Yeah. Yeah, that dude I just recently... Did I tell you how I discovered him? Mm-hmm. Like, no joke, last week I was eating at Longhorns with my best friend um, in Georgia... <laughs> And all of a sudden, I just heard the song playing, and I was like, well, "What is this song?" My best friend just happened to do it, looked him up. That's that's a single from 2019. And then when we were listening to him in the car, um, because I downloaded his whole album, and I listened to it on the way up here. His 2015 album is really good. I mean, whether you want to say it's a great album or just a great collection of songs, it's up to you. But I showed you where from 2015 to 2019. They're not even the same person in how they sing. Yeah, his it completely changed. And I think that's Nashville taking over at that point. I will say though, it that that might be true, but both sounds are really good. Oh yeah, like both sounds are really good. Um, an- another prime example of Nashville taking over. You uh ever seen uh you ever listen to Modern Day Prodigal Son? The album by uh, Brantley Gilbert, his very first one. Yeah, sounds nothing like him now. Sounds nothing like in his, uh, I'll even say third album, his second album maybe. Well, by his third album, the dude sounds like he's been smoking three packs a day. For I like... was I was literally about to say that. The <laughs> guy sounds like he's been smoking cigarettes yeah. for 25 years. Yeah. And that was because he, this was like, what, 2005 when they first discovered him? And it was when weed was still like a big thing and they tried to make him like a, a second coming of uh, Hank Williams Jr. or something like that. And it just didn't work out like I guess they thought it would. Because um, people were like, it's weed. You know, that's not a big thing anymore. Like, <laughs> maybe he'd been doing like heroin or something that might have... Shoot, he would have been too spastic on the mic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a guy that I liked first couple albums and then... It got really cliche. It real and, fast. Yeah. And he started wearing the cut off jean vest and the, all the rings and yeah, wristbands like and stuff like, like that. I'm like, bro. He went for like a biker image and that's not him. Yeah. 
Um, but if you've never listened to Modern Day Prodigal Son, I'd say go listen was, to that. Yeah. It's a great album. Um, got a really good bunch of songs. He sounds like an adolescent kid in that one. Yeah. And it sounds genuine. And then I guess they just... He was wearing a cutoff shirt in that one, too, and I guess they said, hmm, maybe we can turn him into a badass, <laughs> you know? But, uh, no. Um, let's see. Outside of Luke Combs, John Party, Chris Stapleton, I think the only other person who I would consider in, like, mainstream who's doing their own thing that's really Eric Church. And I know that's, like, another big, like, hard-on for North Carolinans because... Hard-on for here. Yeah, you know. Um, and what's cool about him is, like, each of his albums kind of sound different. Like, it's a whole different thing. Because um, Creepin' sounded different, and then Desperate Man sounded completely different from anything he's done, really. Well, the thing about Eric Church, um, it's his brother Brandon mm-hmm. wrote a lot of his early stuff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, his brother passed away uh, two years ago. Right. Um, I think, and he, um, I mean, Eric Church is a big enough artist that he's going to be okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? He can, but a lot of his earlier stuff was really good Mm -hmm. and he just happened to be the voice that sang it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I like Eric Church a lot. I I will say he's been one of the more consistent artist over the last 15 years you know he's won artist of the year a couple times yeah uh every album he does debuts well um i don't really listen to a lot of his newer stuff but it's it's okay desperate man i didn't think was bad it was maybe a little too funky for what i thought his voice would allow some of that stuff's like really funky um but some of it was like kind of like just cool. Like I don't know if you heard like the snake. That was just like a cool little intro because it was just a long intro. I think guitar. It's been a while since I listened to that album, but I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, I think he's doing well. Um, outside of him, I haven't really heard anybody coming up through who's real big. And like everything else is like women's country, and the only two people who I would still consider relevant, one of them's probably faded past her prawn, is Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood. And Miranda Lambert, that one's crazy. But man, she can write songs. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like her music um, for the simple fact it's, it's man-hating. Every song, every hit song she has is is man hating. It's pretty much every woman's country hit song. And I, I mean, like to Carrie Underwood, uh, what's that song? Uh, Before he cheats or whatever. Yeah, that was like one of her first big yeah, ones. That song is like, it's cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now it's it's like that was the the stepping stone for this new age of a lot of these female songwriters. Like, um, oh God, what's that song? Uh, Black Powder and Lead or something like that. I don't know. That's I, what country girls are made of, Black Powder and Lead, saying he he beat her so she's going to kill him or something like that. I'm like, so. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to do that. 
So there are there are two <laughs> <laughs> there are like two big things I'd probably bring up with this. Women's country has bottlenecked itself. And this is why I say like mainstream country music is really just for like teenage girls because they bottlenecked in themselves into, you know, man Seeing that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I agree with that. Like wholeheartedly, I think I I do believe they've like Taylor Swift when she was country. A lot of her songs were lo- were love songs. And I'm sure on I don't listen to these women's albums, but I'm sure there's a couple love songs in it, but it mm-hmm. seems to me the number one singles off every album has to do with he beat me so I'm going to kill him or you'll never know how tough I am because I'm a country girl or you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. and it's like no you're not like and you want to know something like that's really funny there was a I don't remember who it was it was I want to say it was somebody in Nashville or something like that they put a like a tweet out or a post out that said I only like he pretty much said I only play women's country cuz I have to because when I do play it, they lose 20% of their audience. He's like, so if it was up to me, I wouldn't even play women's country music because it's it, they're, it's all the same thing. My th- and the thing is, these women aren't writing these songs. It's not the women singing the songs. Mm. More, more times than not, it is they found a woman, Carrie Underwood. She is hometown girl, one American Idol. Yeah. She can sing like nobody's business, just like all these other women. They can sing gorgeous. Yes, just like all these other women. <laughs> yeah. Then they're like, "Hey, do you want to be famous?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, yeah of course." Sing this, <laughs> and they do. Yeah. They get famous. It's not the women. I'm not definitely not talking bad about the women. I'm talking about the songwriters. Mm-hmm. That's who I have an issue with. It's not the the individual themselves because they're just doing what they got to do. To make a living, doing what they love, you know, which is fine. But there was a country song that came out by this chick. I don't know her name, and I loved it because it's bashing men's country, men country, which I think is the most valid song I think I've ever heard in my life. It's that girl in a country song. Oh, you're I don't want to be. And Tay. I don't want to be wearing a mm. Daisy Dukes and a bathing suit or whatever it said. And at first, it's like, wow, this song is stupid. But the more I listen to it, I'm like, oh, heck, yeah, yeah. yes, dude. Tell them, like, their music sucks, too. Like, you know, like, dude, they're not, I they're just, they're just objectifying these women in these songs and these music videos. Right. Tell them about it. Heck yeah, good for you, yeah. you know? Um, the so song is not the best, but the message of the song. It's a simple song, but it's a big yeah. delivery. And, um, I, and I'm for it, dude, 100%. Dude, Maddie and Tay, I thought were really good. Um, they've got a couple other songs that are really good too. Um, and then they got two other big artists you probably know about, but you may not hear about a lot. Is Ashley McBride? I've heard the name. So she's not what Nashville would probably consider what they want for a woman. She's, I think she got big like when she was turning thirty. Oh wow! And then she's also you know, she's not you know, fat, but she's not, you know, skinny either. And, you know, she's got tattoos, a little gray in her hair, but man, did she deliver some good songs. Like, Girl Going Nowhere, you could have had a guy singing Boy Going Nowhere, and it still would have had the same impact. 
and she's got another song named Andy, which it sounds like she can't live without, you know, Andy or whatever like that. But if you asked her, like, what that song's about, she said it's about a roommate. It's not even about, like, anybody she loves or anything like that. It's just somebody who's there for them all the time. Um, and she just came out with another one called Sparrow. Now, the only problem with Ashley McBride is if you listen to all three of those songs, they all sound alike. Yeah. You know, they, they have this big opening chorus where she just belts something kind of like that, and it's all like a slower tempo style song. So that's her only problem, but they're really, really good songs. And the other person, Casey Musgraves. That's a, that's another one I've heard, but... And I'm not saying, I don't mean this in any sexist way at all. Mm. I don't like women singers. Right. Not because they're women. It, I just don't like their music. It doesn't resonate with me. So. For the, for the most part. I mean, there's some that I like some of their songs. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to find listen to these artists right. but like if they put out like i will say Haley williams she was you've listened to paramore before mm. that chick's bad you know she's yeah. good she's she's probably the most famous women like rock singer but the band was good but other than that I, right there was a band, actually there was a band called fly leaf had a had a chick singer and she was really good back in the day evanescence See, I don't like that. I don't like their music. It's not her singing. I've actually seen them live. Yeah. And um, I thought that was a, I thought that's a great concert. It was weird because they weren't playing. There was a special anniversary concert. It was just her and an orchestra playing their music. It was cool to listen to, but like their songs didn't have the punch that they normally do with an orchestra playing it. So right. it was like because there wasn't a big heavy guitar. Yeah. And exactly. Now that I'm not discounting talent because that chick yeah, can freaking see. belt it. She has one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. Male, female, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But I don't like their music, right? Necessarily, it's not not her. Not because they're a chick, a female fronted band. I just don't like that their music. Mm-hmm. Other than a couple, their big hits, you know. But uh, so, yeah, I got a free ticket to see them live that <laughs> night, and I was like, well, I'll take <laughs> it. Whatever. I will say though. The opening act of that was, I don't know her name, I need to figure it out. She was a violinist and had a band. Oh my gosh, Mark. When I tell you this, it was one of the coolest things. She was doing flips, playing the violin, running, doing cartwheels that. and crap. No, like literal flips. Oh, she's doing <laughs> flips. She's not on flips. Okay. No, I need to, I need to find out her name. But she's way more famous than I'll ever be, so not like I need to shout her out. But like... Oh my gosh, it was cool as crap, man. Um, but that was it was a cool concert, especially because I didn't have to pay for it. But I wouldn't wouldn't pay for that. So, with Casey Musgraves, she's actually not really uh, sought after in like the CMA community. She like, she dark haired. Uh yeah yeah okay. So she's so her approach to everything. She's actually a songwriter. Like I like re- like read up on her and everything because her last album, her last album was apparently country gold. And I'm you not told even, me about that. I remember that. And I'm not even talking about in like the traditional sense. It was like new, profound. There was, it was kind of psychedelic in some of the songs too. Um, but apparently she has had like this very big interest since she was like nine years old. 
to really write music not you know just play a song because it sounds good but to write a good song and my I don't know if I've told you this but like me and my older brother we really compared my brother like so probably my big search for like good country artists and everything stems from my older brother because he absolutely hates country music and not even just like he probably hates country music the same way you and I do in terms of what mainstream is putting out, but like to a whole different level. And you have to be super, he's like super, super picky with what he listens to. And I introduced him to Casey Musgraves with like one of her first songs, like Merry Go Round. He heard her and then like, yeah, I didn't like that song. You didn't? No. Dude, that was act like, that was like an anthem for like where I'm from, dude. So. But he like heard her and then like listened to her new album, uh, which is like called Rainbow or something like that, or Butterfly. And he was like, "Dude, if I was like a producer and like I was listening to that and like I'm like going insane with just how good that album is." So, um, if you don't like mainstream, I would say check out Emily Scott Robinson. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of her or anything like that, but she has one album out that's like really good. And there's one song that in particular kind of sticks out to me. Um, it's definitely a woman's song. But it's like super powerful. It's called The Dress. It's literally about her going through her head. Like she, it was a, it's about sexual assault. And she's talking about the whole song about what she could have done to prevent it. Like, was it... You know, the dress she wore, was it the wine? Was it something she said? See, that just makes me sad. It, well, I mean, <laughs> country is like a mix of like blues yeah. and rock. It's meant to be sad to begin with. Um, we just flirted around with it until we found something happy about it. But it was like, you know, super powerful song. And a lot of her songs, again, you can have a guy sing it. And it would, it, you would think it's, it's still a great song. Yeah. You know what, man? I want to talk about Tyler Childers some more. Because, <laughs> like, I listen to that guy at least four days a week. Mm-hmm. And I'll run across a song that I heard when I first started listening to him. And then, like, it'll, like, pun intended, honestly, strike a chord with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much better now than the first time I heard it. Like the song, shake the song, shake the frost. When I first heard it, that was one of the first songs I ever heard, and I was like, the only thing I could think of at that time was, oh my gosh, this voice that is singing this song is, it's so powerful, but it's so different, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder what this guy looks like. And I looked him up and thought, that's not what I thought he looked like, but also exactly what I thought he looked like. When you first, it was one of the times I was down here. Uh, I want to say it was either the second or the third time I was down here. Uh, you showed me him, and the first song you played that I still love today is "Feathered Indians." Oh, that's his like biggest song. That and "White House Road" are his like biggest hits. Now, see, I discovered him right after I got out of the Navy. Mm-hmm. I was riding in my car one day. I, I just turned on. I was going like a YouTube mm-hmm. bender. I was like, "Oh, I see what this is." Clicked on it and was like, "Oh man, <laughs> I really like this." Like you know. And then it's all downhill from there. But uh, Feathered Indians is so good. Um, but at that point, it's like 
it's cliche to say you like that song because he's getting really, really big, yeah. real fast, and that's everybody. Oh, I fell in his White House shirt. I love that. I'm like, yeah, those songs are fantastic. But have you heard these songs? Right. Like, you know, like Shake the Frost. It's the song itself is not like about a situ- It doesn't really resonate with me through a full situation I was in, but in my last relationship the line in the song that says like it's kind of i don't it doesn't really fall in line perfectly but i understand what he's saying he said Mm -hmm. if it would make you stay i wouldn't act so angry all the time it it would keep it all inside and i'd let you know that i love you every day Mm -hmm. and it's just like i know the mindset that goes into what he was going through when he wrote that song. Right. Like, when I got out of the Navy, this is about to get deep, deeper than we've ever got on this podcast, (laughs) but I went through a legitimate identity crisis for months. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I I was looking at in the mirror because, you know, as you know, you're still in the Navy. Yeah. You wake up every day. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're wearing. You know exactly where to go. You know exactly what time to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got out of the Navy after five years. And uh, at at a certain point, you have all this freedom. You just don't know what to do with it. Exactly. And this is something that if you do get out, when you do get out, whatever. Oh, it's when. What was that? Dude, you have a ghost in the box. I don't know. But <laughs> when you do get out, if you're ever feeling this way, I want you to call me because I can definitely help you do this. Right. But it's like you have all this freedom. Is that thunder? I bet that's thunder. Sounds like a ghost though, man. It does, don't it? But uh once again, you have all this freedom and you you don't know what to do with it. Or how to act accordingly. You got you that are used to staying in your lane, mm-hmm. doing what you're responsible for. But out of the military, you got all these people who think they're so important and they're coming into your lane, taking from your lane, going into other people's lane. And the minute you verbally correct them back into their lane, you're the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it really, like, and it sounds stupid, it may sound cliche, but I, like, I legit went through, like, a identity crisis. And it took me a, a lot of heartache to find out who I am and who I want to be, mm-hmm. you know? And honestly, I just found that, I don't know, two years ago? Yeah. You know, really, like... Mm-hmm. And I'm every day I'm finding more of who I want to be. I'm started this woodworking business. I've started doing other stuff. Back to playing music again, thank God. Uh, doing this podcast, which is a lot of fun. I love doing it. I, I mean, even if nobody listens to it, I love this. I right. love long form conversation with people. But kind of round my point back is that song now. Shake the frost. I hear it, and like I know for a fact what he's. Because I was angry all the time, literally, mm. during that. I 
Dude, I remember. Like, maybe not the identity crisis process, but everything else that was involved during that time. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, during that time, I was so... Anything would set me off. Mm. Like, it was crazy. And I'm not an angry person. Never have been. Mm. And so, when I... (laughs) When I hear that song, it really hits. It's like a good reminder for you to not go back to that. That Exactly. It hits deep, and I know that I don't ever want to be that way again. Mm. I'm happy now. I have the best wife on the planet. I'm so thankful for her every single day. So I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to make her feel unwanted or where she feels like she can't do anything for sake of pissing me off where I'm going to yell at her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so that song is, that to me, that is country music. A song that you can write literally from the heart and then someone can interpret it, maybe not exactly how you meant it, but in their own way and it hits them deep and makes them feel something. Yeah. As long as the job gets done. Exactly. And I think that is my biggest problem with country if it doesn't do that anymore yes and that is my biggest praise for tyler childers as a whole as him as a songwriter you need to look this up because i know you would love it you need to watch the acceptance speech from tyler childers at the americana awards i did, i heard that so, i read a transcript of it so for those of you who don't know tyler childers is pissed that his music is not recognized as country music it is recognized as Americana. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know who Americana is, Americana is this subgenre of country that they're trying to pass as something completely different than what country is today. When in reality, it's exactly what country it's is supposed, supposed to be. supposed to be, exactly, yeah. So he went and accepted his award and pretty much, eh, he kind of bashed Americana. He, he said it was a distraction to the real issue, which is that his music is really country music, and why is he not accepting pretty much a CMA award on a much bigger stage and accepting an Americana award? So if you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. It's actually really funny to watch because it's, for those of you who are real country fans, it's like that. It's you're just gonna get a good chuckle out of it for the reality that it actually is. Yeah, he uh, and what I love it because I showed Megan Feathered Indians. Mm one day and she Megan's not like she likes music mm. but we listen to music totally different we actually have this we've had this conversation like last week mm. or actually a couple of days ago she when she listens to music she hears the music she hears what mm. is coming out of the speakers I can listen to a song five different times and hear five different things the whole time I listen to it I pick it apart so that's why it pisses and I don't know if it pisses her off annoys her when we're in the car together and I listen to the same album every time we're in the car because I'm listening to different stuff about every right. song. and uh, But I showed her Tyler Childers a while back. It was when we first got together. Mm. I think I think it was Feathered Indians. And she had that same like, oh my God, this guy's voice is yeah. ridiculous. you know. And now we don't share very much in common with music. But that's Tyler Childers. Tyler Childers and Ben Rector are the two that she got me into Ben Rector actually. I know that is. I'll check him out. Ben Rector is uh he's not country. He is uh honestly I don't I don't know. He plays a piano and it's not rock music. Could be alternative. I had I honestly 
I don't know what you would call it. I'll just have to show it to you. It's great. The guy mm. has a great voice. He has a phenomenal songwriter. Mm. Um, it could be considered almost not girly music because it's a lot of love songs, mm. you know. But he's great. The yeah. dude's, he's awesome. He has a song called uh, New Friends or Old Friends. Mm. And it speaks. It's the most pop punk song on the planet without being pop punk music. Okay. I'll explain that to you all. <laughs> okay, I'll explain it to you now. Uh, in pop punk music, you hear a lot of songs about their friends. Like, mm-hmm. My friends are my family. My friends have got me right. till the end. Yada, yada, yada. Kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, like the Data Remember song, The Breakdown, My Friends Comes First. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's pop punk. This song is talking about um, no matter what he does. And the music video is cool. It's per- the song is performed in the music video by his band he had in high school. Mm. So it's really cool. It's all the same guys. But the songs have written about his friends mm-hmm. and like how no matter who you meet now, there's nothing like old friends. Gotcha. You know what I mean? To me, that is the, the most pop punk song lyrically mm. that's ever been written, but it's not pop punk music at all. <laughs> uh, I would love to write my own like pop punk cover of it, but I know it would be terrible, so I'm not going to do it. Dude. You never know until you try. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the, adv- the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Encouragement, but it's going to be bad. <laughs> I just, I just know you have way more time in being musically inclined than me. Even that's, that's probably the big difference between you and me is when you sit there and you're breaking down everything, probably like instrument by instrument through, um, reverb and all that other junk i don't know i'm listening to it as probably like a really intense fan yeah and i'm hearing the different instruments and some of that stuff i can kind of pick up from just you know hanging out with friends like you who are like been playing instruments their entire life things like that so i pick it up to a certain extent but you're gonna pick it apart to a totally different degree than me which is kind of cool because then you can tell me everything about it and I get a whole new insight to music in general. And then I listen to it as a fan who just happens to know all this knowledge about stuff that nobody else might not know because they don't have musically inclined friends. Well, my, my thing with this whole podcast is I like, I'm actually going to change that, love music mm. as a whole. I enjoy the... Everything down to the composition of the music. Mm-hmm. I like how it's written. I like understanding mindsets when people write stuff. I like understanding how a song structure. And I did this podcast one, and we haven't even done it yet. I was supposed to have a guy on here this weekend, but you came into town and I just didn't hit him up. Right. He's a name Andrew Massey. I really need to get him on here. I've been trying for a while. He's a local musician. Mm-hmm. Dude's great. Um, but I, I want to do this this to showcase local artists. And just have conversations with people about it. But I also want to like, I don't, that's the thing is I love music and I know a lot about it, but at the same time, I don't know anything about it. There's so much more for me to learn. And uh, I want to learn from people and I want to educate Mm. on different types of music and stuff like that. Right. Given I listen to mostly metal, metalcore, stuff like that. So 90% of this podcast has been about that. Right. That's why I wanted to do this country episode because you're the yeah. only person I know that really listens to country music. Yeah. So now I've kind of rounded it out. Mm. I had a, I actually got to redo that one too. Good Lord. That's the audio we lost. 
a guy named Vacation. He's buddy. He lives in uh, Connecticut. He's like a hip hop artist. And uh, we had a good interview. He's a producer and everything. Had a good. Dude, it was such a good interview with him. And I don't, I don't know what happened to the audio. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's the goal I want to do with this podcast. Is like you're saying, like you ask me all the time, and I give you a little bit of insight of like, oh, that right there is a. That's just a simple country, one four six five progression right there. I have no clue what that is. It's ninety nine percent of countries in the key of G, mm. right? Every number in the numbers Nashville number system, your notes in the key of G are G A B C D E F. Mm. I think that's right. Yes, F. It's more right than what I would say. Um, and all those are numbered. G is one, A is two, B is three, um, C is four. D is five, E is six. This is that music theory stuff. This is music theory. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, like, that's a simple four, one, five, six. So it's like C, 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 G, 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 E, 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 D, D. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's just like, I enjoyed learning about how that song is put together. Right. You know what I'm saying? The composition. And, like, it sounds way more difficult than it is. Music, music's not hard. It's just understanding it is hard. Mm-hmm. Once you understand it, music and songwriting is not hard. It's just it's just understanding it enough to where you can do it. So here here's a question that maybe cuz cuz I kind of I've always wanted an answer to this question from you cuz I've never gotten it and maybe you could explain it to, you know, your viewers and everything. When we kind of first started meeting and actually talking about music way back like 4 years ago, um you told me that Zach Brown Band's Colder Weather was probably one of the best written songs, in ter- I guess maybe in country music that you've ever heard. Now, and I never, I don't think if I ever asked you or if you ever gave me an answer, but why was that? I mean, it's a great song. I just, why you found that particular song to be one of the best you've ever seen written or made. I don't, I'm not going to pick it apart from a music theory standpoint, mm. but from a composition point. Mm. Lyrically, his voice, the way the song is put together, and all the different little, what's the word I'm looking for, mannerisms, I guess, Hmm. that he does with his voice in that song, and the emotion, lyrically, music invokes emotion, that's what it, it's what it does. Tyler Childers makes me feel a certain way in certain songs. Right. Um, there's some song. There's a song I listened to the day my on the the day of my grandma's funeral. I cannot listen to anymore because it, it you attach memories right to these songs mm-hmm. right. And to me, that song, the way it's put together lyrically and the emotion that he evokes with his voice and the music of that song, mm. are perfect. They couldn't have been done any better. And I'm not saying that's one of the best songs ever, but I'm talking, in my personal, humble, bullcrap opinion, I think that is one of the most, the best put together songs and performed songs I've ever heard. Right. That's just my, that's, that's just me. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Now, that's that a great song. Like, yeah. You know. But like, you know, like, 
the lyrics, oh, I want to see you again, right? Mm. And the end when it's building, it's like, oh, I want to see you again. You know, and he yeah. really just, he hits that note and the music is just at the perfect high. It really, I guess, the credit goes to the producer. Yeah. In this in this situation. I mean, the artist still performed it, but mm. I, I don't know, man. That's just an opinion I've had for a long time, and I, and I actually forgot about that, to be honest with you, since you, until you brought it up. But no, I I still think that. That song is so well put together, and it's not even one of my favorite songs of all time. I, the song is great, but mm. like it is what it is. But I do think that's one of the best put-together songs I've ever heard. Like, yeah. okay, there's an album by a band called It Prevails. If I showed you that album right now, you would be like, I mean, all right. They're like a hardcore band, a melodic hardcore right. band. To hear the album's nothing really special. The album's fantastic if mm. you like that kind of music. But album-wise, I think that's one of the better better put-together albums I've ever heard. Every song flows together. Every song sounds different, but still sounds the same. Mm. It doesn't doesn't change genres, but every song has its own peak. It has its own valley. Every song carries itself well into the next song it doesn't feel like there's any filler songs on the album it's like every song was written with a purpose i got you you know it's not like oh we got this banger we're gonna start it out with song three we just we'll fill space with it yeah yeah. we'll fill space with it song four and five get them i told you about how albums are put together they evoke emotions they bring you in the very end of the album is supposed to bring you back up to yeah. make you want to start it over again. You know what I'm saying? And I, to me, that album is one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. So you need to listen to John Party's new album. Heartbreak Medication? Heartbreak Medication. I don't like that album. Oh, I've told, we've had this conversation. I like that album because he like pretty much doubled down. Like He, he has a 90s sound. He does. And Okay, I'm gonna just going gonna, gonna to get it, get it out, of, out of the way. Every individual song on the album, mm-hmm. if I heard them individually, I would like them. Okay. Like the Heartbreak, that's the titles track. Mm. It was so good. Like he does have a 90s country sound and like his voice fits it perfectly. The songs mm. are very well written. You got the steel guitar in the background playing. But this is my problem with the album. I take a look at that. A lot of those songs. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I remember having this conversation with you. A lot of the songs on the album are about the same thing. And them together, I don't like. Because a lot of it is about the same subject. Oh, she broke my heart. Uh, I need to go to a bar and get drunk. I need to wear my cowboy hat and go out and this, that, and the other. But individually, the songs are good. But as a whole, I just don't like it. So so maybe the first part, maybe the first six songs, because I'm looking at it now and like it's all playing in my head. Yeah. Um, first six songs all kind of make sense. They're all kind of like, they're kind of cool in how they're placed. So maybe heartache medication should have been put at number. Is it played at number two right now? In my opinion, should have been played at number five, um, and then five and six kind of go down one more. So right now it's old hat. That's just like a number one. Hey, we're introducing you to the thing. The second song should have been. It's called Nobody Leaves a Girl Like That, which is you know 
another intro song to what's going on. Right after that song, which I think is kind of cool, it says, Ain't Always the Cowboy. And the kind of cool thing of how those songs go together is he's never leaving her, and it's never the guy leaving the girl. It's sometimes the girl, you know, riding off in the sunset, which made that really good. And then what should have followed after that is heartache medication, you know, because he's broken up by the fact that she just left him. Me and Jack, kind of the same thing, but, you know, you figure out what he's drinking. And then the one after that, it says, don't blame it on the whiskey, which if you've heard me and Jack going into don't blame it on the whiskey makes total sense on how that album was like put together. After that, you could probably say that it kind of just trailed off into just whatever. Um, besides, like, maybe Call Me Country, because that's just an anthem to say, hey, uh, I know 90s country is gone, but here I am, you know, still kind of carrying the name country. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if you... Uh, do you know who Riley Green is? I'm sure mm-hmm. you've heard him. So, you don't piss me off about him? They changed this song? No, I don't care about that. But what is, what is the line they changed in that song? So it's uh, the song was uh, "Grandpa's Never Die." Yeah. And in one of the like, if you heard it just on his album, uh, there's a line there that says, "I wish country music still got played on country radios." Yeah. And then they changed it when they actually played on the radios. I don't even know what it's called. It it really pissed me off that they changed it on there. Oh, did they hold your feelings? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Because I'm like, this dude seems like he's coming out as like this rebel. Almost. Well, wasn't it something about like Confederacy or something like that? No, it was never anything like that. Like, I remember that, hearing something about that, but you know what pissed me off about that? What? The song is great. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't make any sense at a certain point. I wish whole- cars had truck beds and every road was named Copperhead. Okay, I get it because it's a nod to Copperhead Road and... It, all it, country singers love just, trucks, but if you sit down and actually think about those lyrics, can you imagine a car with a truck bed? It's, every car would be an El Camino. If every road was named Copperhead, you'd never know get, where to go. Which <laughs> Copperhead? The other one over by Copperhead. Yeah, the Copperhead off Copperhead over there. So, it, I, I just the problem. With this, that but song, the song, but I'm just saying the song is good. But I heard him. I watched a video of him playing that at the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. That is the simplest song ever written on guitar, ever. It just pisses me off. So, the reason that song, I don't... It's a good song, though. I, I like the song because it's catchy. The reason I don't like the song is the same reason my brother hates country music. Because um, I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is a really cool song. But it's called Grandpa's Never Die. And it like you expect, when you hear a song title like that... It's going to be about grandpas. There's going to be a story. Just, it's said about three times in the whole song. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. everything else is just like... Oh. I wish grandpas never die. <laughs> it's just random things that people from the South would like. Um, you you want to know a good example? So, my... That's so true. <laughs> my, uh, my brother told me this. He said one of the best songwriters is... Uh, Sings, uh, times are changing. Oh, what's his name? Time, times are times are changing. Times are changing. Oh, times they are changing. That's a um, Bob Dylan. Yeah. So my brother told me, who, um, he told me the great thing about Bob Dylan, and he said like Bob Dylan like kind of recorded this. The way he writes songs is he never 
writes his song based on one thing. He describes that thing without ever actually saying it, which what makes him a really He's good like artist. the best songwriter of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, but like it's Bob Dylan. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's how he described like good songwriting. And it's almost like it's almost unfair that my brother's doing that because he's like kind of comparing <sighs> all country singers or writers <sighs> to Bob Dylan. I'm like, that's you know, he's not fair. dead. Hey, Bob Dylan? Yeah. I did not know that. He's 80. I figured he'd probably don't know. You know what? I guarantee you, in about the next five years, he's going to hop on a track. I thought something. he was about to say, I guarantee he's going <laughs> to die in the next no, five years. I was going to say he's going to hop on like some other track of like somebody who's famous now, and he's going to be featured. Bob Dylan. People are going to hear him like, oh, that was nice of that person to put, put that guy on. Kind of like what they did with like Lil Wayne and uh, Paul McCartney. That was... That wasn't Lil Wayne. That was uh, Kanye. Was it Kanye? Kanye's features. That's Kanye's mo. Is he features artists and samples, and that's why he's the producing god that he is. Uh, but yeah, I remember he did Paul McCartney. He's like, dang, bro, like <laughs> it's awful nice of Kanye to put that guy on. He's yeah, like, man, Kanye is really the goat. <laughs> and then uh, Post Malone had Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy on. Like, yeah, I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? And I was like, man, I remember that dude eating I bats. Don't, I don't like the Beatles or Black Sabbath. But I know who the heck those freaking guys you, you are. You respect their work. Yeah. I, 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 this is a hot take. <laughs> the Beatles suck. So do the Rolling Stones. So do all those bands. But guess what? If they weren't for them, there would be no music that I listen to today. Not even remote the music I listen to today. So I respect what they did and I respect it. Don't like their music. So you, <laughs> you remember... Uh... When we were, you know, back in J-Pan. Remember Matikit? Yeah. I know you remember yeah. Youngbloom. Both, both of those dudes are old. Probably the same age as Paul McCartney right now. But uh, both of them said that they didn't like the Beatles either. They didn't even like Elvis or Kiss. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's a, just a thing. Like, maybe how we're talking today, how we don't like certain mainstream music. Maybe those are like the kind of people who are having that same conversation just oh, 50 yeah. years ago. I'm sure. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like the Beatles. I think I like the Beatles because my older brother likes the Beatles. Because my older brother, that's his favorite band of all time. And he will, I just, okay. he will argue till he's and, blue about them. Okay, me and Anthony talked about this on the Side Stage Hot Takes episode. <laughs> I, I really, honestly, you're telling me. As an individual, I understand you said it's your brother's favorite band, but I know people that will tell you ACDC is their favorite band of all time. Mm. You're telling me. How old's your older brother? He's 34. Okay. Still young. You're telling me as an individual, a, I'm sure that they've been his favorite band, they've been his favorite band for a while. Yeah. At 25 years old. In your entire life, you picked a band from the 60s as your all... You just tell me they're your favorite band of all time. Dude. He, and Nirvana. He loves Nirvana, by the way. I know you I don't like him. I him. don't like your brother. I'm just going to tell you that right now. And not because of who he is, because his music tastes are garbage. The Beatles, bro? And Nirvana? That's two of the worst bands. Okay, I'm not going to say the, the Beatles are one of the worst bands, because... 
you can't argue with the fact that they have the the closest person. And my brother quoted the stack this stat. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He told me the only other person who has sold more records or albums. Who the Beatles? They have sold more records. They changed music. I mean, I'm not, I'm not bashing the Beatles. I'm bashing the idea that they're someone's favorite, like a younger individual's favorite band. Bro, get out of here, bro. They're from the 60s. Yeah, don't get me wrong. What they did for music, mm. it, I mean, it changed music. It brought rock and roll, especially British rock and roll, to right. the forefront of, I mean, American dude, culture. there was women would see them and, and just faint. pass out. Yeah. Like, legitimately, they were gods. And let's be reminded, they passed out for bowl cuts. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. They passed out with buck teeth and bowl cuts. What what I think my brother likes about them, um, and I can kind of agree with, is if you listen to a lot of songs, their songs are simple. They're about real things, though. They're, they're simple songs about real things. But the fact that they like had a span of like what like ten years, fifteen years, where they were just like the number one band or like the you know, in the top five for that long, and they changed genres or not really genres, but they changed the music, which changed the whole genre itself into whatever they were. Yeah, and because whatever they did was popular. Because it's just like Elvis; they were the first of their kind. Yeah, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, before Elvis. They never, or they had to like only show Elvis's upper half of body on TV because he was dancing. They thought his dancing was too provocative. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The 50s and 60s, but like my thing is like, you couldn't have found a different. Okay, I'll I'll give him a pass for Love and Nirvana. At least they were from the 90s. But my thing is like, bro, you couldn't find a different any other ACDC, uh, Def Leppard, Journey. So, so you want to know what it was and. So my and mom, I, I understand I may come off as ignorant saying this to some people. Mm. This is just me, and I res- like I said I respect the Beatles. I don't get it. So this is probably why my brother like loved them. So growing up, my mom, you know, she was the original sixteen and pregnant. Um, you know, before they got paid to be sixteen and pregnant. And so my mom was an '80s child, so he got a lot of this stuff. You know you know, rock and roll, things like that, from them. But they lived with my grandparents. My grandma was 75. She was born in 1945. So she was 15. She's a flower child. Yeah. Uh, no. She's very, very conservative. Well, no, but I mean, like, yeah. that was her age group. Yeah. So she told me, she was like, I remember when the Beatles came to America. And my grandma's not even, like, into popular things like that. And even she was like, yeah, that was like a big deal. Like even for me, like I remember she went and saw the Beatles too, like when they were young. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. So my brother not only had the eighties music, maybe seventies and eighties music that my mom like would have, but he had the fifties and sixties from my grandparents to work with too. So he had four decades of music in that household. All at once. Well, that's before cool to be he ex- discovered his, you know, nineties, which is what you know he grew up into. And that's cool to be like introduced to that, because mm-hmm. I definitely I do believe that people that are introduced to more types of music have a better understanding of what's good in music. That's why most people that are introduced to more music don't listen to pop music because it's garbage. There you go. 
And not, that's and sure that, Smith. That dude's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but no, man, it's just like a. I just don't get it. My wife loves Elvis. Loves Elvis. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I, I don't get. But I know she. I like Elvis. I like his music. But that's like her favorite singer. Right. And she doesn't even know why. But like my grandparents, we played Elvis at both of their funerals because mm-hmm. they were. I mean, they grew the, up with yeah. Elvis though. Elvis was their. Elvis yeah. was your grandma's Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to them, but. I just feel like you can find a different band to think, you know. But I, maybe I'm coming off ignorant. Maybe I'm being stupid. I don't know. I respect what they did. Right. I don't like it. Okay. So, to keep it back on country, who is your favorite country artist? I'm just saying. Uh, like. Okay. Like, not right now. Like not, Of all time? Yeah, like, who, like, if you pop them on your phone screen or whatever right now, who would you want? And if it's particularly... You're talking song, like, de- okay, let's, give me more broad because I've listened to so much country through the years growing up with my dad that, like, I can't give you a... All right, so my... Let's, like, do, let's do Desert Island Country Singers. You can bring three artists with you. Go. For the rest of your life, so all you can ever listen to is those three artists. You But you have their entire discographies. Alan Jackson would be number one. Um, I would say George Strait. And then I'd have, a, I'd have to flip a coin between Garth Brooks... In cash. Okay, let me. Uh, and I may be a little biased in the fact that I'm thinking of like greatest of all time instead of like what I would no, do. No, okay, no, I want to know what you do because I don't want right. to. That's my thing with the the people that say they love the Beatles and say they love stuff like that. I want to know you, a Mark so Ray Jackson, exclusive, not what you're supposed to love. Because I'm not putting any of those people right. in my maybe. Well, may, Anyway, I'm not putting any of those people in mm-hmm. my... They're great. They're the kings. I'm not... That's not what I want to listen to forever. So, if it was me, Alan Jacks for one. Like, he is just my all-time favorite just artist. Um, I'll say Luke Combs. And then Jason Isbell. Okay. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Uh, Alan Jack... See, there's so many country artists I grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. Like you asked my dad, Hank Williams Jr. is my is the pinnacle of country music. That's my dad's favorite country singer, hands down. I've probably heard every single Hank Jr. song mm-hmm. there's ever written. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's not my not my desert island. The, the problem with what I think with that is, is me and my me me and my brother had this discussion about a lot of different genres. So I'll say like Hank Williams Jr. is probably the father of country music. Like, he started it kind of deal, like, what made it popular. But the best uh, portfolio of country music didn't happen until probably 20 years. George Strait. Yeah. 80s. But no, okay, but that's your three Desert Island country yeah. singers. Okay, see, 
You listen to more country music than I do. Mm. I listen. If you ask me, Desert Island artist, period, Mm. there wouldn't be a country singer in my top ten. To be honest with you, yeah. But I do love country music. Mm. I'm gonna honestly say my top three that if I had all I could ever listen to ever again, Mm. Travis Tripp. Because Great Day to Be Alive is the best country song ever written. Um, Tyler Childers. See, and the third one's hard, man. Like, there's a lot of people I would love to put in. And I, I think I may go George Strait. Just because mm-hmm. I don't like all of his songs, but there's so many that I do like. Right. That I could get by. You just press skip. Exactly. <laughs> And but like Travis Tritt was, see what my dad listened to so much of that night. Sammy Kershaw, uh, Joe Diffie, he just died. Rest in peace. Um, but like that, my dad forced us to listen to so much of that growing up that like it's ingrained in me to love it. Mm-hmm. But as a Desert Island, I think that would. But I don't want to put George Strait because I feel like there's some. I want to say Luke Combs, but at the same time I don't want to say Luke Combs because you don't want to seem biased. No, it's not that. It's like Luke Holmes is great, but like in my head, I'm like, I know there's somebody else. As soon as we stop recording, I'm going to be like, that's who I need to put in there. Well, the other thing I was like hesitant to put him on there. His catalog's not that big. Huh? His catalog's not that big. big. But the two catalogs. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Like even his stuff that's not even on his albums is great. But Tyler Childers, like, I love that guy. Like, I think I'm in love with him. And he's only got two albums, too. But I'm in love with him. Oh yeah, man, love, man, love. <laughs> He's good, man. <laughs> but dude, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm, I may have to stick with George Strait. George Strait or Luke Combs? I, I can't give you an honest answer to that. Mm. But that is the ones you that wouldn't put uh, Stapleton I, in there. I didn't think about Stapleton. There's another artist I didn't think about, Chris Young. I've and, always uh, loved. No, I don't know what it is Chris about Young. that. I don't know what it is about the guy. I've, is that his name? The guy who sings that uh, when I you who I am with Mom you. Black Train. No, the who I am with you. Yeah, that's Chris Young. Yeah, that's Chris Young. I love that guy. Always love that guy. We saw him live. Oh, it was so good. Um. Okay, dropping Travis Tripp. <laughs> Tyler talk? Childers. Stapleton, and Chris Young. Okay. And that's that's two of those. that's off the wall for me, but like I can honestly say, Chris Young's dropped some bangers, dude. He has, but then he sits there and he puts on. Have you heard "Hanging On"? Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. That's weird. A lot. Of, he has some newer stuff with those with the eight hundred eights and the clap beats with it. That's one guy I don't really mind it. But the song, the oh god, what's the song name? Uh, what are you talking about? They broke up with all their friends right at the bar. I'm the worst at this. I'm the worst at song names, dude. I don't even know this song. I gotta look it up. But he's so good. And we saw him... Uh, we saw him when Megan and I first started dating. Because mm-hmm. her dad buys us concert tickets every year. And Luke Combs, for Christmas, this Luke Combs concert was our tickets for last year. And that mm-hmm. you know, got pushed. Um, but... Uh, he bought he bought them Chris Young tickets and already had them. Well, 
her sister-in-law got sick and couldn't go to the con- the concert. Mm. So I took her place and uh it was so good. Oh my gosh, it was good. Let me find it. Um I'm coming over so good. Thinking of you. Oh yeah. They think of me, they think of you. I heard that song. What? It came out in 2015. Tomorrow, Losing Sleep. Tomorrow's really good. Yeah, bro. Like, Getting You Home, Who I Am With You, Sober Saturday Night Live. Sober Saturday Shoebox. Night Have you heard Shoebox? Yeah. That's kind of uh, cliche, but it's really good. Text Me, Texas. The dude's got some love songs mm-hmm. that are top tier. Like, he's good, man. I've always... And his voice is so good. I, I really like that guy. And he was sick. He had like a sinus infection when we saw him. And it, you could tell it when he would talk. Yeah. Oh, it was so good still. Like Who's that other guy that we like that sounds exactly who has the same like baritone voice as Chris Young? Sings uh Long Black Train. Josh Turner. Josh Turner. Yes. Dude. Did you listen to his new album that just came out? No. Or it's not it didn't just come out. It was a little while, but it was like the first one he'd done in like probably since Long Black Train. Weren't you the one? Like told five me? years because he had vocal surgery or something like that. Yeah, you told me he had like throat cancer or something. It wasn't throat cancer, I don't think, but he had, I think he had nodes on his vocal cords. Same thing with Adele. Um, Adele had the same exact surgery, and he, like, if you'll notice in his new stuff, he don't hit those deep bass notes like he used to. Yeah, but he's not nearly, he didn't get nearly the welcome that Adele did, but. Well, she lost like 300 pounds. She was still not that much. That's that's a, that's exaggeration. But but no, he's good. Do you yeah. like uh, Scott McCreary? No. That's another artist. My wife just oh, the reason loves why is because he's another product of American Idol. American Idol, and it's not to say that you can't be successful in American Idol. If you were to ask me on how you can become a contestant on American Idol, I'm telling you right now, you better come with at least three songs that you have written and you better be able to play them. If not, I'm going to Simon Cowell your ass. <laughs> because I get tired. Because here's the thing. What people don't understand. I can understand this because I can't sing for anything. Is that anybody can sing. It takes a different kind of person to be able to just write songs. And not even good songs. Just write songs in general. Okay? And when you sit there and have like these, you know, contests, you know, they created the voice, so you know they wouldn't shame the fat chick or whatever. But when you have these things, it's not based on real talent. It's based on talent that anybody can have. Not anybody can write songs. Like that's a real thing. So when I see yeah, him, me, yeah, I can't write songs. I suck at it. Yeah, you also can't sing either. So hey, shut up. <laughs> nah, I can't. I don't know, man. I agree with you, but we need to wrap this up. We got a bonfire to start. Speaking of country music, bonfires and trucks and beer and guns. All right, so just to give your audience like some research, homework, you know, whoever's listening, who would you tell them to check out outside? Like, you know, Tyler Childers. Okay, so obviously (laughs) you've heard Tyler Childers. Cody Jinks. Jason Isbell, it's another one. Doesn't get near as much love as he deserves. Um, Turnpike Troubadours. Side note on Jason Isbell. If you know who Morgan Wallen is and have heard Cover Me Up, it's original song. It's written by Jason Isbell. And in my honest opinion, Morgan Wallen's version has a much better production, 
but if you ever actually listen to the history of how that song was written, yeah. you'll understand that Jason Isbell's version is better. All right. Yeah, continue. Morgan Wallen's version was honestly really good. It's really good, but I'm biased because I am a big Isbell fan. Yeah. But Jason Isbell, in my opinion, is not quite Bob Dylan level, but almost Bob Dylan level songwriter. Right. Same with Stapleton, guys like that. Um, if you were to ask me right now, I'd say go check out Emily Scott Robinson, Charles Wesley Godwin, um, Parker McCollum, and I'll try to see if I can come up with a fourth and a fifth. Right. Did you say Flatland Cavalry or you said Turnbuck? I said Turnbuck Troubadours. Flatland Cavalry. There's my top four. I also realized I was on top of the microphone. All right. That's all. Love you, man. We'll see you. See you.